the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon and welcome into Woods and Water, South Carolina. My name is Roger Metz. My name is Taylor Metz. And we welcome you into the show today. Going to be a, a packed one, of, so hang on. We're going to try to cover a lot of stuff here. We got uh, Travis Sumner from the National Water Turkey Federation is going to be here. Well, I actually talked to Travis this week, so we're going to listen to that conversation in the third segment. We got a calendar. We got some other stories. But first, on Wednesday, if you weren't paying attention, you had the 72nd birthday of... The United States Air Force. One of my favorite songs. Always loved it. Kind of gave me hair on the back of my neck stands up. I kind of like watching you dance to that. That was no. This wasn't no. But you know, flying for the country. That would have just been cool. That was my dream when I was a kid. So anyway, happy birthday. United States Air Force, and, and oddly enough, Taylor and I were youth day, deer hunting last Saturday. Hot. Very hot. No deer. No deer. But we did, it was pretty cool because we had to go up to Rock Hill, and on the way I saw something silver go across the road, and I'm like, what was that? It looked like a crop duster, but it was moving really fast. So kind of, we got our little, we got our little uh, U.S. Air Force birthday thing out of the way a little bit early, and it was pretty cool. Check this out. That, my friends, is the V12 Merlin engine, either made by Rolls-Royce or Packard, on the front end of a P-51 Mustang. Swamp Fox by this one. This is what, when I tell you at the end of the show to take the back roads when you can, this is what you get when you take, right? Right. Taylor? Right. This is what you get. Yep. You get, <laughs> here. here's what you get. You get me driving 70 miles an hour <laughs> up Highway 72. Yeah. With, with Google Maps on one hand, <laughs> trying to figure out where he was going. I thought, oh, good Lord, please let me live through this day. But... Uh, after it didn't take me but a couple of minutes, and I figured out where he was going because I knew where the landing strip he was going to was. Yep. Let me tell you what. <laughs> that guy is a brave pilot. He put a P-51 Mustang. He landed. That was a that was a go-around. We saw him do a couple high-speed passes. That was one where he actually touched down, bounced. I think he had second thoughts about landing <laughs> because it was... It's a small he, grass strip. Yeah, he, he gunned it to get it up and out of there again, and he came around and landed that thing. I don't know that there was 15 or 20 feet clearance on either side of the wingtips. <laughs> I mean, you're putting a $6 million airplane down on a grass strip. <laughs> Six million, it, you know. When you, who's going to quibble about a million or two? It's Yes. I don't know anybody that would. No, he was brave. I mean, he was he was good. 
He, he, like I told Taylor, he was shooting his approaches on the high speed stuff. He did a couple of, he did a couple with the wheels down, did his touch, and then he finally put it down. But, oh. mm. but yeah, that's what you get when you take the back roads, people. You get to see stuff like that. And, and you get me screeching down country back roads trying to figure out, I don't want to miss it. <laughs> and you Where did he go? And you can't do that stuff on I 95 without causing a major backup. Or 26, you know, 85. Well, of course, 85 is a constant backup anyway. 85 is always that <laughs> it's way. It's always that way. So, anyway. Uh, okay. So, yeah, Swamp Fox, Swamp Fox P51, who, who, by the way, was flying around with some F-16s around Charleston. Everybody was calling me. Hey, what's this old plane flying around Charleston? I don't know. I'm not there. They expect me to know about old planes. But anyway, it was it was pretty cool. So, happy birthday, United States Air Force. We got to see a, a Warbird, a classic Warbird, and you just got to love that Merlin engine. Goodness gracious, life. Tell you what you do. Turn on YouTube. Just Google P-51 low pass. Turn the volume up. Sit back. Mm. Got to love it. All right. Uh, time for the calendar. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna fit the calendar of events in here real quick because mm-hmm. we don't have a lot of time. So what have you got? What have I got? You've well, got, yes. Saturday, September 28th, at n- from 9 o'clock in the morning to 3 o'clock at night. Okay. We have the National Hunting and Fishing Day. Yes. That will be at South Cove County Park in Seneca, South Carolina. It's free for families. We've got kayak, lake fishing, archery, air rifle shooting, fly tying and casting, live wildlife and artifacts, camo hide and seek, and so much more. National Hunting and Fishing Day. National Hunting and Fishing Day. And if you want more information, you can go to Facebook um, slash South Grove or South Cove County Park. And then you can call at 864-882-5250. I'll be fishing that day. Didn't we go a couple years ago? Yes, when it was held at uh, Duke Power's World of Energy. Yeah, because I remember I wanted wanted to do the camo hide and seek. Yes, I I wouldn't let you. Yeah, you were kind of afraid I was going to get myself lost. Yes. Because I'm blonde. (laughs) She said it, Paul. She said it herself. I'm kind of of referencing what was said like 10 minutes ago about Mm -hmm. about Uh what, what was it, Twizzlers? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Back to the calendar of events. Well, I have a blonde of my own, so yeah. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> we have fun here, people. I hope you enjoy it. It's it's a ball. Uh, although, <clears throat> before the show started, I was thinking about finding a different co-host. Um, Good to know. <laughs> October the 5th, Bird Fest 2019, Old Santee Canal State Park. Uh, this festival is a celebration of our feathered friends. Festival will include organizations such as Griffin Den, Fish Eagle Tours, Seaweed Visitor, and Environmental Education Center, Nature Muse Imagery, Audubon, South Carolina, uh, Edisto River Adventures, Francis Mary National Forest, Coastal Expeditions, Charleston County Parks and Rec, Colonial Dorchester State Park, Artist Julie Glee Glass, SCDNR Red Cockaded Woodpecker Program, South Carolina Bobquite Quail Initiative. I jumped a quail. This morning, deer hunting. Mm-hmm. I jumped a quail. A quail scared me to death. <laughs> that just makes me. I bet it did happy. the quail too. I'm sure it did. <laughs> Luckily, it was cool. So anyway, 
Uh, food will be available to purchase from the Miracles Tasty Express food truck and live entertainment by the Charleston Hotshots. Um, time is 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Uh, program fees $5, includes park admission, and uh, it's going to be a pretty cool thing. Old Santee State Park Bird Fest 2019. Quickly moving on, the Woodrunner School of Self-Reliance is having their 2019 Woodrunner Fall Gathering, October the 11th through 13th. Uh, what should I expect at the event? Over 50-plus wilderness skill workshops, specialty workshops and youth activities, some of the latest gear and custom-made Wares will be available on Tradesman Row. Uh, youth ages 6 to 11 will have the opportunity to be with our Woods Runner Junior instructors. Uh, this will free parents up to uh, rest and relax and do their thing. Um, where is it located? Cross State Park in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Cost is $49 for the weekend, $25 for a day pass. Uh, goodness gracious, base, basics of tarp shelter camping. Uh, basics of preparedness, uh, camp lore kit mentality. Uh, it can be fun. Carrying fire, um, keeping bugs at bay. Hello, hello, Miss Shield. Uh, or, or, um, uh oh, thermocell, either one of those, <laughs> but they do it the natural way. Uh, trapping, uh, wilderness cell phone photography. There you go, wilderness medicine. Uh, they're going to have a specialty workshops. An uh, hour and a half special workshops and stuff. Uh, go to the Woodrunner School of Self Reliance. I think it's um, uh, woodrunner.com, I think. And find more information on that one. Uh, Taylor, I think we're going to have to, well, go for it quickly. Okay, Saturday, October 5th. Nope, stop. What? We'll do it on the other side because <laughs> there's the music. Well, I try. So, anyway, the Woodrunner <laughs> School is having their fall gathering. It's always a fun time down there, I'm sure. These guys seem pretty cool. All right. Hang on through the break. We're going to finish up the calendar and get some new stories. More Woods and Water South Carolina on the other side. Welcome back to Woods and Water South Carolina. As I was saying before (laughs) I was cut off. Whack. mm -hmm. Saturday, October 5th at 8.30 a.m. to 4 p.m., at the Big Survey Plantation, <clears throat> Uh oh, big word. Collison County. I'm gonna go blind soon. Okay. I am gonna go blind soon. <clears throat> Collison County, 4043 Black Creek Road, Walterboro, SC. We have the women women owning woodlands. Um. They're having an event. This is all about, it says, engages and educates women in stewardship of land by connecting them to resources, trusted professionals, and community of other women. Are you a woman who owns, cares for, or is interested in learning more about the woodlands? You're invited to attend this event, which will highlight sustainable forestry, wildlife habit enhancement, um, longleaf pine restoration, and conservation practices. So, that's at 8.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. A lot of good stuff. Uh, for more information or to register, contact Janet Steele at 803-534-6280 at, or go, e- email her at jmwatt at clemson.edu. Yeah, you can you can find those on the Clemson EDU website. It's a it's Clemson series, which is pretty cool. Uh, 
I got to do this. I, I, I've got a whole bunch of stuff to give away, but I don't have any of it with me, and I was going to do that today. But I does any you got to call in. You got to call in. I'll put something together. I don't care if you like to hunt, fish, outdoor cook, or whatever. The number is 877-235-9405, 877-235-9405. I hope somebody's listening to call in. What was happening 30 years ago today in South Carolina? 30 years ago today in South Carolina was a a big deal. And if you're out there listening, I'll put together some kind of prize pack for you. 877-235-9405. <clears throat> Call me. I'll figure out what you like to do. There's no, Nobody's listening. But that's okay. Anybody's listening if you want to. If not, I'll wait just a few minutes. I think I know, but I'm not eligible, right? No, you're not eligible. Sorry, Paul. <clears throat> <laughs> But I'll put, uh, if you can tell me what happened 30 years ago today, I'll put together something for you. It will, we'll make it fun. Um, shellfish season is set to open September the 28th. Oh, uh, yes, here in South Carolina. That is the 2019 20 season for recreational harvest of shellfish, clams, and oysters in coastal waters of South Carolina will open one half hour before official sunrise on Saturday, September the 28th. Uh, in the event, well, see, I can't read that because it'll give it away, and I don't think anybody's listening. Does anybody remember what was going on 30 years ago today? Come on, people. Oh, there we go. Here we go. This ought to be good. Uh, I'll put together something for them. Anyway, right now there's no uh, no DHEC uh, closures in effect, so everything will kick off. I like my shellfish more towards the end of the season. Uh, but here, if you're going to oyster... Oystering, and you're going to have some oyster roast. Tips for recycling oyster shells. Do bring your shell to the nearest shell recycling center. Uh, they're available online. Do separate the shell from trash. Don't put live or freshly shucked oysters in South Carolina waters. They have to cure a little bit, and um, and then DNR will recycle them. And usually in the springtime, they have some uh, events. So, all right, we got Mel from Lauren's on. Mel, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm good. All right. I don't. I, we'll figure it out later on. But what happened 30 years ago today and tomorrow in South Carolina? Hurricane Hugo. Bingo. <laughs> <laughs> Where? All right, Mel. This is going to really tell something. I, I I assume you're you're more than 30 years old. So where were you when Hugo came through? I was actually a junior at Walford College in Spartanburg, which is incidentally where I'm headed to go to a football game this evening. <laughs> okay. But. Uh, and, 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 you know, it's, it's one of those things that's like there's a hurricane coming through Charleston. It, we're fine in Spartanburg. Sure. Oh, here it comes. Sure. <laughs> I, I think everybody, I, I, we have a, a place in an old country house and I can remember, I can remember, um, going over there. I think I went over Sunday night and it was closer to where he go. And I remember the, the old lead paint, you know, that peels up on both ends from age. Oh yeah. I mean, the house is yeah. only 110 years old or something like that. And I can remember the front yard looking like it snowed the next morning. Right. Because the wind right. peeled all that paint off. And I, I was, yeah, 30 years ago today, I got an article here, like 80% of the roofs in Charleston had some kind of damage. 80%. Right. The, yep. the, the swing bridge was twisted off and sitting in the water. And all the trees down there were snapped yeah. off about 10 feet tall. It yeah. was crazy. It was unreal. I, uh, 
and, and people, we still remember that. That will be something I don't think we'll ever forget. Right. If you live through it, you'll never forget. Never forget it. All right, Mel. What do you do? You hunt? Do you fish? Do you do you grill in the backyard? What do you do? Uh, yes. <laughs> no, Mel. He goes to football no, games. Right. No, Mel. You have to pick I, I, one. Little, little, okay, a little bit of everything, but uh, uh, your uh, favorite let's do grilling. Let's grilling. Do grilling. I, All I right. Love, love yeah, tailgating and grilling. And okay, stuff. that's great. You got Paul? Do you have his information? I have your phone number. Okay, Mel. Here's what I got. The the okay. folks the folks at High Mountain Seasoning from out in Wyoming have sent me a bunch of stuff this year. Um, they they have sent me um, oh jerky jerky mixes, summer sausage mixes, and then like steak, burger, and and stuff like that. So would you like to try making summer sausage, doing beef jerky, or would you just like some steak and burger seasoning? Uh, let's let's do the jerky. I'm fixing to get some uh, deer meat, and that'll make a good jerky. Absolutely. All right, Mel. I will get you some jerky uh, mix in the mail to you, and uh, you'll have to. You'll have I to just have a to... phone number. Uh oh. Okay. Well, can you, you you can use a phone, can't you? You can pick can up the phone, the phone. And... Yes. Okay. Just yes. yeah. I can do that. All right, Mel. Enjoy the football game. Thanks for playing today, and uh, we'll get you some of that stuff in the mail to you. Okay, no, I appreciate it. Yes, sir, Mel. Thanks. Right. Yeah, 30 years. Hugo. Wow. Remember it well. Remember it well. I'll tell you something I remember. When I went to Charleston Did I just... Ask you? <laughs> well, I, I, have, I can turn you off. I have control here. Okay. No, what, what struck me is yes. uh, they had all the paint that... It looked like they were... Somebody scraped it yep. off the sides That's of it. buildings. Blew my mind. It was... Uh, that was a pretty incredible, incredible weekend, week, several weeks after here in South Carolina. Wow. 30 years ago, I was 22 years old. 20, you were a child. I was a child. Good 22. Lord, I was older than that. Well, I'm sorry. But I am older you're, than you. You're yeah. ancient. Yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Hugo, um, 30 years later. You know, please leave now. You remember everybody trying to get everybody out of Charleston? Quit laughing, Taylor. I was going to say, what is so funny? I'm going to fire her. Today might be the last day here. Children. Massive storm makes landfall just after midnight with 107 mile an hour winds at Folly Beach. 107. It was a Category 4 when it came in. Shaw Air Force Base in Sumter recorded a wind gust of 109 as the eye of Hugo brushed by just to the south. Hugo Center was crossing Interstate 77 between Columbia and Charleston, Charlotte with wind gusts at the Charlotte International Airport measured at 63 miles per hour, but the Queen City would record wind gusts of up to 100 miles an hour. By downtown Charleston, up to 80% of roofs were damaged. Approximately three-quarters of the trees in the 250,000-acre in Francis Mary National Forest were blown down. 12-feet storm surge on Folly Beach. Of course, you, you, you can't forget the Ben Sawyer Bridge twisted around in, in, in the water. 270,000 people out of work and left more than 60,000 homeless. 27 deaths, more than 26,000 homes were either destroyed or severely damaged. More than 227,900 homes lost power. For some, they faced up to two weeks without electricity. So cool okay all right um 
for those of you, oh, yes, for those of you who like to go up to Cades Cove and Cataloochee, and I know that's a little bit out of South Carolina, uh, be aware, the main access roads into Cataloochee and Cades Cove will be closed for several months this winter due to road restoration, road construction projects. Cove Creek Road, the main entrance to Cataloochee, will close from November the 1st through February 29th. While the North Carolina Department of Transportation repairs are slide just outside the park along the county road, the full closure will prevent access to Cataloochee from the main access point, but entrance will still be possible possible via Old Highway 284. Uh, in Cades Cove, Laurel Creek, Laurel Creek Road, the seven-mile access road leading from the Townsend, um, will be closed to all motorists, cyclists, and pedestrians from January 3rd to February 29th to repair uh, Boat Mountain Tunnel. So uh, just bear that in mind. I know some people uh, Some people have been talking about going up and watching the elk in, in uh, Cataloochee, and, of course, you know, the whitetails up in Cades Cove are pretty cool this time of the year. So just wanted you to be aware that there's some closures coming up. So let's see. we got shellfish thing out. Talked about Hugo. Not going to get to much more, are we? Because uh, I think Travis and our conversation went on for a while. We rambled. It was good, but we rambled. Oh, goodness. Got some. Uh, just one word of, of caution is deer season is here. Um, buckle up, hook up, get your harness, a lifeline. What do you do when you get to the end of the tree stand, Taylor? Hook up. Hook up from the minute you get on the ladder to the minute you come down. You know, it's, it's, hunting is supposed to be fun, <clears throat> and it is, but, um, the main thing at the end of the day is come home safe. And if you don't wear a harness and you don't wear a life hook up to a lifeline every time you go deer hunting, you're taking an unnecessary risk. And as Jerry Widener always says when he calls in, and we didn't get Jerry on this year, um, you know, it's not just you. It's everybody around you suffers. If you fall out of a tree stand, it's mom, it's you, Taylor, it's Jordan. It's everybody around me that suffers. I suffer, sure. But everybody around me suffers, too. So, look, Hunter Safety System makes some of the best ones out there. Check them out. Harnesses and lifelines. All right. Hang on through the break. we got Travis Sumner with the National Wild Turkey Federation coming up on the other side. Great interview. Hope you enjoy it. More Woods and Water South Carolina on the other side. Good afternoon and welcome back to Woods and Water, South Carolina. Bringing a little outfield for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, that's the weather. That's the weather. The weather has got us all screwed up. I mean, it's 95 when I get back from Colorado. It's, what, in a, in a, yesterday is 70-something, and, and we're going to be in the 90s again next week. And But, hey, that's just South Carolina. You deal with it. The nice thing about it is you wait long enough during the day, it'll change. So, um but look, there's an organization here in South Carolina may not have heard. You've heard their events here on the show before. We never really talked to anybody from the National Wild Turkey Federation. They're based in Edgefield, South Carolina. Great organization. Uh, always looking to get more people involved. So as you listen to this, there are opportunities for you to get involved, whether you want to get involved as a as a mentor, as, as a hunter. 
always room for more people in the outdoors. And we're talking to uh, Travis Sumner, who is the Hunting Heritage Center and Habitat Manager for the National Wild Turkey Federation. He lives in Edgefield, where they're based. Travis, welcome to Woods and Water, South Carolina. Thank you, Roger. Man, it's a pleasure to be here. It's uh, I've heard a lot about you. It's <laughs> it's great just to have an opportunity to to discuss things about the outdoors and what we got going on here at NWTF. Absolutely. It's uh, mutual. It's it's odd that it's taken us this long to get there, but I know when PJ was there, he and I could never get on the same page. And and it just kind of, once I just kind of just threw up my hands with that one, I just <laughs> didn't go back. And I, But I, I talked about your programs. I talked about some of the events you got going on. But it's nice to now to have somebody – that I can say, hey, I need to call Travis down at National Wild Turkey Federation, figure out what's going on. So take just a moment, introduce yourself to everybody, and we'll get rolling with what we want to talk about. All right. Thanks, Roger. I'm Travis Sumner. I'm the Hunting Heritage Center and Habitat Manager here at the National Wild Turkey Federation. Uh, I guess you could say I, I'm a person who wears many hats here. <laughs> uh, it seems like that on a day-to-day basis. Sure. You know, not only do I manage uh, the property here from a habitat standpoint, I'm also involved uh, with our hunting programs that we do here from learn to hunt to mentored hunt programs to getting folks involved to become a mentor and pass on the traditions, you know, that we've all loved for years and years. Uh, it's It keeps you fully rounded all year long, sure. uh, never a dull moment here. So, <laughs> As, uh, and it's, it's, it's always hopping, and hopping in the outdoors is a good thing. You mentioned right off the bat, you mentioned the property down there. If you've never been to the National Wild Turkey Federation, They've got a really unique piece of property, and actually you doubled that in size a couple of years, didn't you? That's right. You know, probably when uh, the earlier on days we had just a little bit of property, uh, about five years ago there was a project put together to extend and and broaden what we have here. Uh, It's gone from maybe about 120 acres. We're now 707 acres uh, here at the NWTF. And we call it the Hunting Heritage Center. And, you know, there's a lot behind the Hunting Heritage Center. Uh, We have half of it, which is what we call outdoor education, which is about 400 plus. And that's a lot about conservation, learn to hunt. Uh, We do a lot with the scouts here, too. So anything outdoors, walking trails. Uh, that we have that folks can enjoy, uh, just getting out there and and seeing nature in its in its own little world. But of course, a lot of people out there, Roger, may have already know that we have a a world class shooting Oof. facility down here in the Palmetto Shooting Complex, and that makes up 300 acres of that property. And you know, of course, that's uh, two sporting clays, uh, courses, trap and skeet field. And folks really probably don't know that we have a 20 station 3D target. Uh, for archery out there. Yes, you do. Uh, I've, yep. I've shot both the north and the south sporting clays ranges, and I don't like either one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you can blame our, our manager out there, Rhett Simmons. Yes. They set those things up sometimes. <laughs> uh, the funny part is I, I noticed the other day, hey, they asked me, did, did you know where you can find a trampoline? And I said, okay. And I wouldn't even want to imagine no. what that target looked like. No, I don't either. <laughs> But he'll uh, when you go shoot, sometimes Rhett's around. He if he knows you or or wants to play with you, he'll go. Yeah, you're gonna like number ten, <laughs> and you know right off the bat number ten is gonna be four or six or eight misses, just right off the bat. So, just, just going right uh, off. <laughs> yep, you might as well write it off. And then the world renowned. I know you. If they've mentioned to you, Amen Corner up yes, there. Yes. Yes. Uh, so. That's always the famous one. But it is, you're right. It is a world class facility. Uh, now you got sporting clays ranges. You got you got sub gun ranges. Uh, the archery 
course, and then the actual, I don't know what you call, I don't know, it's not a gazebo, it's huge, but it's beautiful with the fireplace. Oh, that pav- the yes, pavilion. Yes, yes, yes. The pavilion. And we've been hosting, hey, if anybody is interested, we host uh, parties, receptions, mm-hmm. weddings. Yep. Uh, the great thing about it was uh, we had uh, a couple get married up there, and, of course, in the background, they're on the trapping ski field <laughs> letting it go, shoot trapping ski. So that gave a whole new meaning to shotgun weddings. Yes, so. yeah. The uh, the Congressional Sportsman's uh, Caucus comes down there and shoots a couple times a year, and I come down for that. So, And, and yep. I actually came down for one of the, the sporting clays opens, and I think there were somewhere around 400 kids shooting. If I'm not mistaken, exactly. it was a yeah. record record crowd or whatever, and just and now I know where the side by side market in South Carolina is. It's, exactly, it's in high school sporting clays. But um, yeah, great facility. Uh, you are and, and with the with the uh, the Heritage Museum down there, people can come down and see the museum too. It's got a lot of interesting and w- informative displays on turkeys and conservation and all. Yeah, absolutely. And if you've not been here in a long time, uh, we have it's actually expanded uh, a lot of collections, new collections in there uh, that we've put in, uh, particularly the new Tom Kelly exhibit, if you're familiar with who Tom Kelly yes. was. He's a world-renowned outdoor rider and, and turkey enthusiast, and he we have a section for him now. You know, we just got a lot here for everybody to enjoy outdoors. And, you know, for the longest, everybody, you know, we were about turkeys, turkeys. here. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why not be about turkeys? It's in your name. And, yeah, <laughs> NWTF, wild right. turkey. Right. Uh, but, you know, now, Roger, we're changing a good bit. We're we're moving in another direction, just like, um, you know, everybody around us. And, and sure. things have changed. Yes. You know, we started out, we were all about conservation of the wild turkey, and we did a lot in the restoration efforts. And those, those efforts are still going on. Sure. Um, believe it or not, we're still putting turkeys in state yes. and, and moving them around. But as you see in the past few years, and you know, I've only been here five years. I, I'm just a little bit about me. I, you know, I worked with the Department of Natural Resources for about fourteen and a half, and I worked okay. in the private sector as a land consultant. But one of the great things, or one of the highlights of my wildlife career with DNR, was being a part of this wild turkey restoration, sure, and trapping birds. Yep. But, but now. You know, you always, a lot of, you'll put together with us the words, save the habitat, save the hunt. Right. So now our concern is how do we preserve the habitat that everything's living in, uh, that we can manage that so the resource is there for us to enjoy, but then also it's about saving hunting as itself. Right. And if you're aware, you know, hunting's on a decline now. Sure. A big decline. License sales and that funds a lot of a lot of conservation across this country. It, it is, and and I think you know con- people who hunt and we do that with a lot of our classes here. They don't understand that hunters pay for conservation. Sure. Uh, if they weren't buying hunting license and and no, they weren't buying ammunition, uh, firearms to hunt with, uh, recreational sporting goods. Those taxes go straight back. Uh, to make sure, you know, there's there's plenty of turkeys and dove and quail uh, and waterfowl for us to hunt. Yep. And that's kind of where we are now at NWTF. Yeah, we're about turkey, but we're about wildlife as a whole, habitat as a whole. And we're trying to make sure that we're preserving our hunting heritage and preserving habitat every day here with the, the new things that we've got going on here. Yeah, if you go to the National Wild Turkey Federation webpages, which is nwtf.org, 
Uh, you got tabs of about, you know, hunting where it's, and one of the things up here is turkey hunting 101, uh, gear up, find a place to hunt before the hunt, on the hunt, after the hunt. Uh, conservation is another tab here. Landowner's toolbox, uh, planning. See, if you're a member of the National Wild Turkey Federation, you can take advantage of a seed program. And I know you've got some events going on. So tell us a little bit about these these inroads you're making into not just the hunting world, but the habitat conservation, and then some of the events you got going on down there. Well, you know, as I mentioned, we have this great facility here. And one of the things that we're trying to do here is pilot different events that we can share anything from habitat to hunting. And then we're taking those programs that we pilot here and we're getting those out to our chapters across the United States. Uh, as I said, we're, we're all the time busy here. We're always talking about habitat or we're talking about hunting. And for the landowners out there, we have a lot of opportunity coming up here in the next uh, few months to come out and learn about how to manage your property, how to have turkeys on your property, how to take care of your timber. So, Coming up here real quick, you know, there's always a big issue. I know, Roger, you've probably seen this in the news about burning. Sure. How to burn. Don't and don't talk to somebody from California about setting a fire in the woods. Putting fire in the woods. And, <laughs> and you know, fire's bad, and it sure. scares me to death. Well, on October the 1st here at NWTF, we have partnered with the South Carolina Forestry Commission okay. uh, to put together a workshop on Learn to Burn. Um, it doesn't get any simpler than that. You're going to come out. Uh, we're going to teach you how to do it, uh, learn the, the safe way to do it, and learn how important and, and what, you know, it's very, doesn't cost much to burn on your property and take sure. care of it. So we've got that one coming up. Uh, in the in 2020, we've got some pond management workshops coming up, uh, talking about herbicide. We're here to help the landowner make his property better All and right. teach him, you know, the right way to do it. And then, of course, shifting those gears, you know, not only with habitat, we're about hunting. And, you you know, you talked about earlier about license sales and hunter numbers on a decline. Well, part of our job here is to introduce people to hunting. Sure. And we've got several opportunities. If if you're out there thinking about, man, I'd love to learn how to do this and I'm not sure, well, we've got it for you. Uh, we have an adult dove hunt matter of fact coming up here real quick on saturday yep. uh september 21st yep. and then we have another opportunity uh in november if you want to learn how to deer hunt uh we have an adult deer hunt for folks uh you know the adult folks that are out there coming up on november the 7th okay and two i i want to mention that if you're a college student you know i don't know you probably got some college students that listen to your show sure uh there's an opportunity coming up at the end of october uh, to get you out here and get you hunting. So, you know, I mentioned adults. We haven't forgot about our youth out there. The youth are our future. Sure. Uh, we have some youth hunts that will be coming up uh, in correlation with the South Carolina DNR Youth Days. Okay. Uh, we have a youth deer hunt coming up uh, January the 4th. And then on February the 1st, we will be uh, working and having a youth waterfowl day. So, you know, if you're out there looking for something to do, um, you know, we, we're your place. If yep. you want to hunt, uh, if you want to go out and shoot sporting clays or what we call it, golf with guns, <laughs> uh, we've got that here at NWTF and a whole lot more. So, you know, I think folks just probably don't realize, you know, well, that's a turkey conservation, but yeah. we're moving in other directions and we're trying to provide opportunity uh, for folks out there to get involved in the outdoors. And, hey, if you're a hunter – 
and you've been out there, and if you're like me anymore, uh, you've been doing this a long time, and you want to pass on the tradition uh, of hunting and help someone out to learn how, hey, we're always looking for mentors here uh, to hunt with these new folks, and we'd be glad to have you. That's an important thing, and it, mentoring is not mentoring is not a one-time deal anymore. Mentoring no. these days, it is it's a it, it's a little time identifying who you want to mentor. That's right. Uh, making sure you've got the place to go, uh, the equipment, and then it's it's an introduction before you ever hit the field. It's um, after you get in the field, it's a whole different set of circumstances afterwards. Uh, mm-hmm. And then it, it's a year pro it's, it's, it's a year years long process, not just a one-time deal. You know, we talk, we, a lot of our focus is on kids and that is great because you want to introduce it to them early. Um, but there's a lot of involvement in a kid. When you mentor a kid, that's a long-term project. You talked a little bit about the college, the adults, you know, once you get into the older groups, they've got, transportation they've got a little excess money and they got some time and they and they're looking for things to do to spend time and that's that's where the college and adults we've overlooked them for years and years and years now we're starting to show them some attention i think that's a lot of the future of hunting is going to especially in the short term is going to be right there oh it is and you hit on several things there you know we we have an opportunity each year to what we call a workshop uh, and for a mentor and understand their role. Uh-huh. Um, you know, first question I ask you, you know, if I asked you or I, do you remember the first person that took you hunting? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, what impact, <laughs> what that impact made on you, that yeah. first-time impression. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's what we're looking for here. You know, it's not just that one time. It can be a year-long deal. You yep. want to stay in contact and provide other opportunities. So. You know, we're all the time. One thing we've been able to build here, which is totally uh, is works really well, because if you go anywhere in the United States and you ask someone, "Hey, why are you having a hard time?" They said, "Well, we can't find mentors and we can't yeah. find places to go." And we've been able to build that now here, where we've built a base of about thirty plus uh, folks we can call on, male, female. Ages range, you know, to to put them with the the appropriate hunter, sure. you know, young, and and we've done really well. But we've also built a base of of selling the story and telling the story and and the importance of this of about eighteen to nineteen private landowners wow. who are working with us to allow us to hunt on their property uh, once or twice a year, and that's that's been a big benefit for us. Sure, because you talk to anybody who wants to go hunting, it's where do I go? Access, absolutely, it's a big deal. Uh, and it's one of the most prohibitive, prohibitive parts of getting into hunting is access. I can go to the store and buy everything I need. I can go on the internet, learn a lot of what I need, but I need a place to put my boots on the ground and actually do it. And that's where the private landowners come in. So, and if you're a private landowner out there and you want to have an impact on hunting, this is a place that you can get in. You don't have to mentor. You don't have to go hunting. Just provide the place. And I'm, I'm assuming for your, your private landowners that there are insurance programs in, in place for them that they don't have to worry about what happens if something should yeah, happen during a hunt. That's right. Absolutely. You know, that would be the first question that I get asked. Hey, you know, what about any of our, uh, 
registered events that we put on and with these landowners, they're covered under our liability insurance and the landowner has is is not liable for anything. He's not held responsible for it and we cover that with everything we do. So, you know, they're they're providing opportunity. We're making sure everybody's covered while they're out there. Very cool. Anything you want to say? I mean it's been a great one. I know we're gonna we talked there earlier when we talked this week about uh updates on in the year and more segments and all anything you wanna that we forgot or you want to fit in on this one right quick? I think we've got it. We covered it. I just would encourage you out there, you know, the folks out there listening, you know, get involved, um, you know, whatever organization it may be. You know, uh, we talked a little bit about this the other day. It's it's not just, you know, the National Wild Turkey Federation. It's all the other conservation organizations. Sure. Uh, we're, we're working together uh, to make sure that our hunting heritage uh, continues on. And, you know, it's not who can put the most in their bucket, but working together. And we would love, if you're not aware of what's going on here at NWTF, uh, I'm always here, our staff here, the Hunting Heritage Team, we're here to help you. We're here to get you involved. And if you're out there looking to get started, we got the things for you to do. So Absolutely. Well, Travis, thanks for taking a few minutes out of your day to be with me. Uh, yep, look man. forward to doing more of this in the future, and I look forward to getting down there and seeing what uh, is in store for him in Sporting Clays range again. Well, you know, the invite's <laughs> always there, Roger. Look forward to it. All right. Appreciate it, Travis. Uh, yeah, man. Thank you. Yes, Have sir. NWTF.org, if you're interested in uh, learning more, that's where you go. Stay tuned. More Woods and Water South Carolina inside the break. Welcome back to Woods and Water South Carolina. A little bit of uh, something for everyone there, whether you're a kid, college age, adult, whether you hunt, don't want to hunt, just as a landowner, something for you to consider getting involved on a lot of levels. All right, youth day, sitting in the tree stand, and we were getting bombed. Literally, with acorns. 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 I don't know, the trees are stressed a little bit this year, but the squirrel above us was having a ball. <laughs> and let me tell you what, an acorn falling like 25 feet hurts. hurts. <laughs> it does. It hurts. It does. And uh, I spent a good bit of time in the stand yesterday evening and this morning, uh, glassing, looking at trees. Pretty good acorn crop where we hunt. Um, they were dropping early. Dropping early. And not many green ones on the ground. When I walked around there, hmm. they're getting gone pretty quick. Which is every hunter's worst nightmare. How to hunt when acorns are everywhere. <laughs> and uh, this is written by Darren McDougall uh, back in 2016. Still a good article. Uh, you know, it says, you know, when acorns are abundant, deer don't have to move. He says, talk about breakfast in bed. So what do you do? You hunt the terrain. When food is everywhere, deer sign won't be readily noticeable like it is when deer are using one or two main feeding areas. During the hunt, he goes on to talk to his friend, talk about the dilemma, and uh, look for features in the terrain that will funnel or give the deer a little bit of security. Just be one way to handle acorns. Uh, The rut. The rut will get deer moving. The acorns will be on the ground, and they'll be falling. It'll sound like it's raining, but when the rut kicks in, the bucks will start to move. 
So uh, you can sit over an acorn gold mine and not see a single deer, let alone a mature buck. It can be frustrating, but don't fret because the rut will change that. When seeking and chasing begins, buckle down on a draw, funnel, pinch point, or bottleneck with acorns nearby. Deer that moved every very little during daylight hours early in the fall will be begin cruising through. Be there to capitalize. Um, we don't have snow. I think I can skip the uh, snow. Sadly. Yes. Thoughts from an expert on acorn. I recently discussed acorns and bow hunting with Joe Hamilton, QDMA founder and senior advisor. Let's review his words of wisdom. Where legal hunters who bait with corn will notice a decline in their activity at bait sites once acorns begin falling. That, my friend, is right. They will step over a mountain of corn to get to a few acorns. Uh, most of our native oak species drop acorns over a period of time, which is really good for bow hunting, which is true. I like to bow hunt during acorn season. And the greater the oak variety in your area, the greater the window of opportunity to hunt the timber will be. It's been known that deer prefer white oak acorns over red oak acorns. True. But they'll eat red oaks when they're available. Um, so you may want to focus on white oaks if you can. Uh, regardless of what oak species exist in your hunting area, the best way to find hot stand locations to go into the woods with your binoculars and look up rather than down, which is what I spent a lot of time doing last night and this morning. And let me tell you what, it was beautiful in the stand. Oh, my goodness. Kind of chilly. But that full moon, both mornings when I went out, I looked down across, and there were deer already out in the fields. And it was pitch black. Of course, it did look like daylight out there. Uh, back to acorn. Now, hunters must consider that if acorns are still dropping during the whitetail breeding season, those are good places to hunt. Um, thing to remember when acorns are abundant is that many good stand locations exist. If all the locations you're considering hunting have mature bucks and acorns galore, no stand is better than another except with regard to wind direction, which is something that we're really trying to do this year. Uh, don't hunt a stand just because you want to go hunt a stand. In fact, I punted Friday morning. The wind was horrible, except for your stand. And I don't want to go hunt your stand because I knew I'd get in trouble. Yes, you will. Why is it you hunt all the stands, but I feel guilty about hunting your stand? Because mm, my first ever, like, it's my own stand. So, and we've kind of hunted together for, what, nine years? Nine years. So, I think that's probably why. But, you know, that's just me. That's just you. Mm -hmm. The thing to remember. <laughs> just read that. Closing thoughts. There you have it. A bumper crop of food, acorns in this case, requires deer to move very little. But that doesn't at all mean your season will be lost or a bust. Hunt wisely. Watch your ingress and egresses. And uh, stay tough. Hang in there. Thanks for being here, Taylor. Of course. As always, make time to get out there, people. Take the back roads because you never know what you're going to see. And don't forget the camera. Back next week with more Woods and Water, South Carolina. Yes, I'm gone to Carolina in my mind. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.